Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is. Wednesday, March 25th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Special episode. Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher going to join us in just a couple of moments. Flyers get back at it tonight. They'll take on the New York Rangers, a team that is playing much better of late. Got a win over the Caps the other day. The Rangers in their last 10 games, 5-4-1. and one. We know what happened a week ago yesterday in New York, that 9 nothing defeat. Uh, the Rangers have won two straight. They have a record through 31 games of 14-13-4, 32 points. Flyers, only one spot ahead of them now in the standings. Flyers and Rangers have played the same amount of games at 31. Flyers are 15-12-4, 34 points, and 3-6-1 in their last 10. And the Flyers have lost three straight. Three straight for the first time this season. Tonight's game, absolutely paramount. Flyers need to get a victory. Cannot let the losing continue. They got to bring a game that's very detail oriented and from start to finish, start of the period to the end of the period and all three periods. And even if it goes beyond, they got to come away with a win against the Rangers who are playing much better hockey of late and have now crawled back into this thing and are right behind the Flyers. So that's the task tonight. The task for the general manager is a tough one. Do you buy? Do you sell? How do you handle the trade deadline coming up on April 20th? How do you assess this team? in this very unique season. All that and much more with Flyers General Manager Chuck Fletcher joining us right now on Flyers Daily. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing fine, Jason. How are you? I'm doing well, and I, I know you're concerned, obviously, with, uh, with the month of March and the way your club's played, and obviously, you know, the season hasn't really gone according to plan when you guys came in and looking to take another progressive step forward, but when you look at the struggles of, of the past few weeks in the month of March and, and really the result, what's kind of your biggest takeaways from, from what you've seen with the inconsistency and some of the results, which were pretty lopsided? Yeah, it's been, uh, I think we've had five games this year where we, we've been blown out and, and those are always disappointing. Uh, but I think it's even more concerning than getting blown out. It's just, you know, the lack of consistency from, from game to game. And, you know, at the end of February, we had a record of 11, four and three, we were coming off consecutive shutouts and, and Buffalo. And I don't think our game was perfect by any stretch, but we were winning games and, and, and managing the game. Okay. And, and finding a way to, you know, to keep the puck out of our net, uh, uh, decently, and uh, March has just been, uh, you know, frankly, uh, terrible. Uh, we're four, eight, and one in March, and we're giving up over four and a half goals per game this month, and and uh, we've just lost our way. It, it, it's certainly been a tough schedule. It's been a tough stretch. You know, 13 games in 21 days. We we obviously have to play very good teams, and but just, you know, it's just. The consistency of, uh, in terms of our details and how we how we play the game, how we manage the game, uh, how we defend, uh, uh, just hasn't been nearly good enough. And you know, I guess the one positive is the one silver lining. Again, the first two months uh, we were finding ways to win, and it's really been a bad three-week stretch that has knocked us out now. And and we have time to rebound if we can make the next three weeks. Uh, uh, flip the flip the switch and 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 play play the right way and go on an eight, four and one run instead of a four, eight and one run that you start to climb back in. And, and, uh, this team has shown the ability to do that, uh, last season, uh, certainly. And even at the beginning of this season. So we just have to find a way to, uh, to play better first of all. And then once we do that, the results hopefully will follow. 
And Chuck, you mentioned that inconsistency game to game. Sometimes that's period to period as well. You have a couple of really good ones, and then you know a, a, you lapse in a period. A team you know comes that way from that period where you do lapse with with some real damage done, and then you got the team trying to battle back. That's kind of been a hallmark of this month. Uh, but sometimes the hole gets dug too deep, and you can't dig that hole and try and crawl out of it all the time because that's just not a recipe for success, is it? No, no. I, I mean, first of all, I think every team's going to have tough stretches in a game, and and uh, in, you know, every every team's going to have a bad period or, or bad shifts. That's just the nature of the game. I mean, we're all so evenly matched. But but I do agree with what you said. We're falling behind, and uh, it's it's just hard to chase the game. And and uh, you know, we we're actually decent at battling back and that's I, I do like the resiliency of this group and I don't like the fact we're falling down two three four goals but uh, a lot of nights we do make a push and we try to find a way to get back in it and we've had a couple great comeback wins but it's a hard way to play and it's hard to come back consistently I mean look at last night we two poor periods we're down four one and uh, we get a goal and then we get another goal and and uh, you know I think JVR and, and G both had a great look right after uh, we made it 4-3 to tie the game and we almost came all the way back but it, you you know you can't you can't expect to come back every time and and uh, we need to find a way to to, to you know to, to get the lead or, or keep the game tied and and uh, just play the right way but it, it's been a tough month and uh, I don't think I've ever been through a stretch in all my years in the league where I've seen a team give up as many goals as we've given up in the last 13 games it's it's uh it, it's been disappointing and and yet it's happened, and we just have to find a way to get better. Well, when you entered the season, Chuck, you know, obviously the Matt Niskanen retirement in the offseason, it's a big loss. And, and you come into the season, and he was such a stabilizing presence on and off the ice, and in particular with Ivan Provorov in that top pair, and it slotted you defensively a lot differently than you've been slotted so far this year. Did you come into the season feeling like, you know, that top pair was your biggest question mark coming into the season, and, and that's kind of been answered for you? No, you, you know what? I, I actually think Provorov, uh, you know, it's it's actually amazing. We're 4-8-1 this month, and I think he's been outstanding. Uh, you know, he's been, uh, that game in New York, we lose 9 nothing. He was only on the ice for one goal against, and that's when Voracek handcuffed him with a uh, with a howitzer of a pass at the at the blue line that bounced by him, and, and they got a shorthanded goal. But he, he's he's done a, actually a great job of, of defending lately. Um and I think his game's gotten better and better every month. And whether he's played with, with Ghost or, or played with Braun, um, you know, that pairing's usually been very reliable uh, for us and haven't been given up much. I, You know, I I think long-term, certainly that's an area we need to fill. We need to find another guy to play in that top four on a consistent basis, and preferably a right shot and preferably a, a strong defender because we have some good puck movers and, and a kid in Cam York coming who can move the puck and, we have ghosts and, uh, but you know, that, that piece is hard to find. It took a, a long time to, to find Matt Niskanen and, and, uh, they're just, there's not a lot of them and the ones that are out there are hard to get. So we'll, we'll keep chipping away at that. And, and, uh, but you know, I just think uh, right now we need to really focus on defending as a team. And I mentioned in, during my media availability, we've given up 27 goals off the rush this year. Whew. And uh, when you give up when you give up a rush goal, that generally what that means is your forwards have turned the puck over, or you've got three forwards caught in deep in the offensive zone, and and it's very difficult for the defenseman to keep a gap against an odd man rush, and and it's difficult for the goaltenders to make saves on east west plays, and, and east west plays are often the result of a two on one or a three on two. So 
Uh, I think our forwards have not uh, played the game well enough up the ice, both with and without the puck, and and that's created a lot of challenges for our young defense and and uh, and for Carter and Moose. So it starts there, and uh, and that's what we have to fix. And and uh, we've seen some signs of that improving lately, and and hopefully we'll we'll continue to see that. Yeah, one of those signs was that game, the 2-1 overtime loss against the Islanders. That was a very detail-oriented hockey game. You come out on the wrong side in overtime. But, Chuck, I always say this, you know, where I, you know, my point of view on it, you know, a big part of goaltending is obviously environment in which a goalie plays. Carter is struggling. Uh, Brian Elliott struggling uh, right now as well after a tremendous start to the season. But, you know, the success in the NHL is not a direct path. It's not a straight line. Now, with that said, though, is it more difficult for Carter, your goaltending uh, overall, to reestablish a high level of confidence and, and rebuild that foundation of, of being confident in your game and everything when the breakdowns are so frequent and yet pronounced. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. I, again, we haven't made it easy on our goaltenders at all. And, and uh, you know, and it's, it's hard, you know, you're, you know, goalie, you know, Carter and Moose are, are humans and, and you can lose confidence from time to time when you're not getting results. And, and uh, you know, we're giving up, uh, uh, you know we're giving up too much and, and we're putting a lot of pressure on them so it, it, it it's difficult it's it, that's why it's you know i you know you can look at it when you're going through this stretch and you can blame the goaltending you can blame the defense you can blame the forwards the reality is it's, it's everybody and 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 you know the inverse of that is what we saw monday night where we checked really hard and uh, we defended as a five-man unit and we had a third guy high and we didn't turn pucks over we didn't give the islanders I think we gave them one odd man rush all game and I think we had seven. So, I mean, we, we played the right way and, and because we played the right way, we got, we got a lot of shots. We got some chances. It, it didn't work out in terms of getting a win, but that's the type of game that if you play it consistently, you're usually going to win more than you lose. So uh, we, we were able to do that last week as well in, in Long Island on Thursday night in that four, three win. So, you know, we know how to do it. Uh, we had a great stretch prior to the pause last year where we were consistently playing the right way and we were scoring a lot of goals and we weren't giving up much and we were one of the best teams in the league. So we can do it, uh, but we just have to get uh, our focus back on playing the right way and being a little bit more patient. You know, it's amazing, you know, back pressure and, and those things, five-man unit defending off the rush and, and everything else, how it translates to offense at the other end. You mentioned seven odd-man chances for you guys, one for the Islanders. There was so much back pressure in that game as well. Uh, Chuck, young players taking the next step, always a, a big part of a team's evolution. Um, have some of the younger players for you not given you quite what you envisioned this year and in particular reason why you think that is or, you know, in some cases not progressed and maybe others uh, kind of gone the other way and regressed in some ways? Um, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think, I think all, all of the young players have had very good stretches and, and then some stretches that haven't been as good. I, I think that's normal. Um, you know, when, when you're having the type of season we are, it's, it's, you know, the one notable exceptions, Joel Farabee has been, mm. you know, consistently one of our better players. And, and, uh, but, you know, I, I look back, I think connect me since, uh, uh, since uh, the COVID uh, issues that we have has, has played much more like last year. I think he's been a better player since he's come back than, than before. I think Travis Sanheim obviously had a real tough night against the Rangers uh, and where he was minus six. But uh, honestly, with the exception of that game, I think he's been one of our most consistent, if not most consistent defender. I think Provorov's month of, of, of uh, March has been 
very good and he's trending the right way. So I think they're all, you know, they're all bouncing up and down, but so is the team. And uh, oftentimes young players, uh, uh, you know, take on the demeanor of the team. If the team is stable, it's much easier for them to be stable. And we've been, we've been bouncing up and down a little bit too much. You mentioned in your media availability that you've worked the phones more than any other time in your career. And when you're talking to other GMs around the league and about any deal, there's a lot to consider flat cap expansion, draft ramifications, expiring contracts with your current group who needs to be extended quarantine issues. I mean, it's a lot. Will there be opportunities to, to improve your roster in season? And is that price of acquisition higher or lower maybe than normal given all those circumstances? You know, it's a good question. I, I, you know, I don't know if we know tell, yet, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not the best prognosticator, but it, it appears there's going to be more teams looking to sell than buy, and some of the uh, some of the top teams either don't have the cap space to to, to pick up a rental, or uh, the Canadian teams have quarantine issues. So there's there are some different factors there between the cap and the and uh, the quarantine issues up in Canada that may prevent some teams from being as aggressive in terms of rental players and. Um, you know, it, it's uh, the expansion draft kind of complicates things for a few teams with respect to adding players with term if it's a good player. So there are some factors out there, but there always seem to be some trades. Um, but it, I, my sense right now, most people I, I'm, I'm speaking to are, are more willing to sell a rental than buy a rental. So, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll see. It, 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 I've been amazed at how quiet my phone's been. I've I've been initiating most of the calls and trying to talk to everybody and find out what's going on. But uh, it's, it's been a little bit strange. Usually, I've, you know, there's, there's more incoming calls uh, than I've been getting this year. So we'll see what that means. But that's, that's, you know, from my experience, that's what I've noticed. Safe to say that young prospects that are obviously more cost efficient in a flat cap world may even have a, a slightly inflated value than in a normal season. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that'll be the case for the next few years. And um, you know, the we saw the, this year with the free agency market prices were a little bit lower. The term was a little bit shorter for for some of the top guys. Uh, there was a couple notable exceptions, but but uh, you know, and I and I think teams really are trying to hold on to their younger players more and more because if they can make your club, you you know, you you have that. Uh, the good price point of having a player in an entry level deal, which in a flat cap world is, is so critical. So, you know, there, there are different dynamics at work here, and, but again, there'll, there'll, there'll be some activity at the deadline. There always is. And, and uh, whether it's, uh, you know, dramatically different or ends up being about the same as it always is, we'll, we'll find out, but you know, we're, we're still a couple weeks away and there's still some teams in the bubble that could go either way. And, and, and that obviously has an impact on it too. Uh, when you look at it, your preference would be uh, more of a hockey trade long-term solution than, than a short-term rental situation, or, or, or is all on the table for, in your estimation? Well, those hockey trades are... Um, more off-season, right? Yeah, they're, they're usually easier to make in the off-season when teams, you know, you have your uh, pending UFAs come off the cap and you have a little bit more roster flexibility. And uh, this year, again, with the expansion draft, I think, I would expect there might be more activity after the draft than before it, just because if you know you you could you can muddy up your list a little bit if you get too aggressive now. So uh, you know, typically those happen in the off season, but you never know. And, and uh, you know, we're open to any ideas that make us better. And um, you know, certainly having having conversations and 
uh, with a lot of teams to see who may be available and who isn't and, and, and uh, try, try and certainly trying to find some solutions. Um, draft pick value. It, it, this is so unique with draft eligible players and, you know, haven't gotten normal seasons in whether they're playing in juniors or, you know, all over the world, uh, restricted in some ways and, and in some areas, a lot of ways is, is draft pick value, uh, any different because of all that? You know, it, it varies from team to team. I talked to one manager the other day who said he, uh, you know, if he, if he's acquiring picks, he'd rather acquire them in 2022 or beyond because he, he had to let some of his scouts go, and he hasn't had the same scouting coverage this year. Obviously, some of the junior leagues haven't even started to play, and so he would rather push the pick out a year or two. And I've had other teams say the opposite, that they you know, they, they think there could be, with all this uncertainty, there could be good buy-in opportunities in the mid to late rounds, and, and uh, they, would, they would rather take a pick now. So it, it, it's, it's going to vary, and there's good players in every draft, and it's probably harder to – to get the list right this year with the uneven amount of viewings, but uh, but there's still going to be good players and, and draft picks this year are still going to have good value. Do you, do you envision any scenario soon here, perhaps if you know things don't turn around? Where you know I know Wade Allison's getting into the lineup with the Phantoms. Tanner Lashinsky's been good as well. Uh, some of these struggles continue. These guys get, got a good opportunity to get a look with the big club. That's a fun team to watch. You know, I have, yeah, it is a fun team to watch. I really haven't thought about it from that perspective because our expectation is we're going to we're going to be in the hunt here and we're going to push to get back in. But, you know, some of those players may not be that far away from helping our club. And, and certainly if you, uh, you know, have somebody that's struggling up here or you, or you have some injuries, and I think that might be the more likely opportunity for some of those young players to get a game. But, um, you know, the key thing for them right now, and Allison's had a couple good games. Lozinski's played really well lately. Uh, you know, getting some of these young guys playing and, and uh uh, and getting them going, and, and uh, you know, it's been exciting to watch. It's been a lot of fun watching the teenagers. We got three teenagers down there, yeah. Forster, Wisdom, wow. and and, and uh, Zade's off to a great start. And Tyson scored a great goal the other night. Got in behind the D and made a great move. And he's so smart, and his instincts are so off the charts. And, um, and just a great experience for those kids, just to get that pro taste of pro hockey when they should be playing junior. And, and, uh, but it, it's a it's a lot of fun to watch, and, and you know the good thing is they're winning games, and the young guys are playing, and and that all bodes well. Mbase listens to this podcast, and I just wondered if you had any sort of message for the fan base at at this point, past the midway point, and uh, kind of what your message would be to the fans. Well, we're we're still pushing. We're still pushing. I think we recognize this month has been a tough month, and. You win four out of 13 games. It's not a good month. And, and I think the important thing is we, we recognize it. I think we recognize what we have to fix, how we have to play to be successful. And, and uh, you know, it's a good group. They care. And, and I, I'm pretty confident we're going to get back and start playing much better hockey. And, you know, we have a tough road to get back in, but this group's capable of it. We've been on good runs before. And, and uh, we're excited to, to show that we're a better team than how we played this month. Well, here's the good news. If, you, if you're looking for any ideas on anything, social media is always has a few for you. So that's always a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anything, I've learned it's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, hey, the fan base cares, and, and they should be disappointed with how we've played this month, and, and that's a good thing. They're, they're passionate. It's great that they have ideas, and, and that's, uh, that's, that's the reason we play is – hopefully to win a lot more games than we're winning now. But, uh, you know, that's, that's why we're here is because of the fans. 
Absolutely. Well said. Chuck, thanks for doing this. Best of luck. We'll see what uh, what next couple weeks entails. A very important stretch for you guys. Thanks for doing this and best of luck. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Anytime. Thanks to Chuck Fletcher for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. He had a media availability yesterday as well. Then I had a chance to, to catch up with him for that conversation. And look, I understand sometimes that, that people get frustrated with what GMs and coaches, you know, what they say publicly. They're never going to throw their players under the bus, their staffs. They're not going to devalue their players. They're going to do everything they can to make the team better. They're competitive just like every player on that team, just like every fan is. We're competitive as fans, as viewers, as observers when you root for a team. You're just as competitive as players. And I think sometimes people think that that competitiveness or frustration, it doesn't apply to managers, general managers, coaches, players, because they don't voice that displeasure in the same way that fans do. But no, it's there. It is there. It's just not voiced outwardly in the same way. The job of a general manager is to not panic. Don't look panic. Don't make decision decisions about the future of your team with emotion. Make them with critical analysis and facts a lot of research and fit and all of those things as fans emotions part of the equation but as people who run teams or coach teams and and play professionally when they speak outwardly in public in press conferences and those kind of things they have to be under control and they need to be measured all right everybody thanks for listening huge game tonight flyers rangers we'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new episode of flyers daily Everything that's good is gone Solid for the glory from the pierce